You're tuned in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. You are listening to DC Public Library on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel. In Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. This is an episode of D.C. Public Library Presents. Hey, I'm your host. I'm Molly Stratton. My pronouns are he, his, and I'm a library associate at the D.C. Library Fab Test Lab. Our guests today are Anna McNiven of Buy Furious Cosplay and Mal Cutpurse of Roaring Girl Cosplay. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hello. Thank Hello. you for having us. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you guys here. So, um... Can you guys uh, quickly say kind of what you do in cosplay? Sum it up. So I tend to do sewing cosplay, mostly fabric work, uh, not so much into big foam armor. Um, Mostly right now I do Marvel cosplay, and I'd say my most well-known is my Captain America cosplay. Um, I also mostly do Captain America cosplay, uh, but I do sort of feminine variations on the characters. Uh, I tend to go for big fluffy skirts and corsets and uh, big strappy boots, so I am much less screen accurate. Yeah, I tend to go for screen accuracy. So you uh, make it look just like, well, as far as possible it does on the screen. Yeah, as close as you can get, but you know, I'm... 5'2 and a lady, so there's only so much I can do to look like Chris Evans. And that's why I don't even try. <laughs> I think we're all very big Marvel fans here. Literally everybody at the table right now is wearing a Marvel t-shirt in some way. <laughs> so. so for people who have never uh, heard of cosplay before, I figured we would talk for a little bit about what cosplay is. Um... So when I've done cosplay, typically you're going to some kind of big nerdy event, like a con. Uh, Awesome Con is coming up this month, very soon, Um, and it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like nerd Halloween. I've heard some people describe it, uh, where you dress up like a character that you really love uh, to kind of celebrate your fandom. Yeah, definitely. I think cosplay can be dressing up as a character and uh, or something inspired by a character and it doesn't have a very strict definition I think it can be almost anything as long as you're wearing some kind of costume yeah I've heard people say and I say a lot uh, if you are dressing like a character or like something you love then you are cosplaying Um, I've even seen people dress as concepts or as puns like Edgar Allan Poe Dameron which I still laugh about oh god pun cosplays are some of my absolute favorites yeah they're wonderful yeah I feel like um, when I started cosplaying which was maybe two years ago I had this very definite idea that like I had to dress exactly like the character on the television and I had to spend like loads and loads of money doing that And then when I started going to more actual cons, I saw people that were, like, wearing stuff that they had thrifted or wearing stuff that was, like, the same color block as their character. Um, I think that happens a lot with, like, Steven Universe characters. They'll be, like, you know, if you see somebody that's wearing all white and all pink, they're usually one of the characters from Steven Universe. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, it's become a lot bigger, maybe. 
than, than I it think used to be. Definitely. I mean, I started cosplay. I always loved Halloween. It was always my favorite time of year because I got to dress up. I didn't really care about the candy. It was all about the costumes. So I'd say that's how I got into cosplay. And then always wanted to just make my costumes more elaborate and have more of them and wear them at different points of the year. And then I discovered that that was a thing that people did. Um, So I started doing that. So I think when I started cosplaying, I started with the thrifting and just grabbing whatever I could find from the craft room at home or my closet and putting something together. And as I've gotten, you know, a job and money that I can spend, um, I've started getting more screen accurate. See, I did exactly the opposite. Um, So my, like, my background is actually in theatrical costume design. So the first time I did a cosplay was AwesomeCon 2015. I think that's when we... That's when we met. That is when we met. And we met because we were both in Captain America kind of cosplay. We instant friends. That's the great thing about doing Cap cosplay. Um, I did a dress uh, based on Captain America's, like, Avengers costume, the very bright primary colors. And it was fun for me to kind of identify, like, what the big signifiers of the character were. So the red and white stomach panels, the big white star on the front, and then the bright blue outfit, but then to sort of play with it in a way that worked for my style and my personality. Uh, How about you, Ma? What was your first ever cosplay? Oh, God. My first ever cosplay. Um, So not counting Halloween costumes, uh, the first cosplay that I wore to a convention... I made in middle school, and um, it was a character from a manga called Angel Sanctuary, and the character's name was Rossiel, and he's um, very, he is an interesting aesthetic, but I went and bought a riding crop and this, like, fake leather police hat, and I was like, yeah, I'm an angel. And no one knew what I was from. But it was wonderful. I had a lot of fun. Also had to go to Home Depot to get some chains. So I was making like a big chain belt because that was one of the things he wore. And you can just get chains from Home Depot for like 50 cents per foot. It was amazing. This is very cosplay specific knowledge. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, go to Home Depot. Don't, don't get your chains from online or something. <laughs> I am very high stocked in industrial strength zip ties because I use them for corset boning. Oh, smart. Mm-hmm. So much cheaper than the steel. Definitely. I use a lot of cardboard right now to make like the Star Wars accessories. It's a lot of painted cardboard. Um, and like some of it is fabric because I really, yeah, I think my, Le- my Poe Dameron costume because he's got that little vest the little white vest with the weird ribbing yeah so that's essentially like strips of cardboard that i sewed into a vest that i made out of a bed sheet and then i was like how do we make that little box in front with all the buttons on it and i got like half an amazon box and butchered and painted it nice (laughs) yeah i definitely made my first captain america shield out of a home depot box and some spray paint Still have it. Still works. That looks really good. I've seen the pictures of it. I thought that that was... I had no idea that was made out of cardboard for the pictures that I've seen. The long distance from the camera really helps. Well, the thing I'm wearing right now is um, 
This I like to call casual cosplay because you can just walk outside and only people who know the fandom and the character will know that you're in cosplay. Um, I'm dressed as uh, Captain Marvel, but her disguise shirt with the Nine Inch Nails shirt. And um, I ordered one and it hasn't shown up. So last night I was painting a white t-shirt with paint that is not meant for fabric and I don't know if I'll ever be able to wash this shirt. I'll probably not be able to. It'll just disintegrate. Um, so, you know, you make do with what you have. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of how we learned these skills because I think for specific, specifically if you're like a baby cosplayer, it can be really intimidating uh, when you go online and you're like, oh, yes, I'm just casually painting my Nine Inch Nail shirt the night before. <laughs> um, so, like, were you guys self-taught or, yeah? Um, so, I um, I started out college in fashion school. Uh, so, I had two years of fashion design uh, and then I transferred and ended up getting my undergrad degree in costume design. Um, so, but I, sewing-wise, I am actually self-taught. I made my own prom dress as a senior um, so going to school built upon that, and since then I've sort of kept at it. Uh, but I have a friend who learned how to sew from YouTube. So like, you do not need the fancy education. Definitely, I learned to sew from my mother because um, once she had made a few too many Halloween costumes for me, she's like, "You need to help with this." So I had to learn if I wanted to keep making my costumes. Uh, so that's where I learned how to sew. And then everything else, YouTube and talking with other cosplayers, uh, a lot of experimentation. Uh, The thing that you see in the pictures are often not the first attempt. I like to think that my cosplays go through drafts. Uh, I made one for my husband for a Winter Soldier costume, and the first arm we had was made out of craft foam and... Um, some tape and some hair scrunchies that we had lying around that were silver so we used those and then later we upgraded and slowly we got to this really nice looking arm I have found uh, at cons especially this is how I learned anything about doing craft foam um, cosplayers are thrilled when you go up to them and say you look amazing how in the world did you do that yeah, definitely. Uh, feel free to ask us whenever you see us. I mean, most cosplayers do not mind talking about how they made something. I mean, we work so hard on it. We want to, we want to show off. That, yeah, yeah, this is made out of cardboard. <laughs> yeah, right? Or, you know, you see something and it looks like metal, and you're like, no, it's not. It's really soft. Here, punch it. <laughs> I had that moment with uh, Anna a couple nights ago because I saw on... Instagram, you'd made uh, a a Bucky Barnes hand, mm-hmm. so it was it looked like a robot hand, and I was like, "How did you do it? It's so shiny!" And Anna was like, it, "It's metal tape," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, it's metallic duct tape. Yeah, it's metallic duct tape. And I got that from a different cosplayer who's done multiple variations on the Winter Soldier arm. I uh, found her Tumblr and like have followed it so like almost to the letter because it's so thorough and yeah metallic duct tape i don't know i 
hopefully it's going to turn out. It looks pretty awesome so far. I mean, it looks really good. And the thing I would suggest, if you ever want to do fabric and sewing cosplay, um, look at instructions for making clothing, not just instructions for making costumes. Because for, you know, for a lot of costumes, you wear them for a little while and then you're done with them or you have to wear them so you can be seen on stage. So it's different construction. For clothing, you can wear it all day. It's not going to fall apart. So, and then you have interfacing and all these other fancy things you can do that make your costumes really look high quality. And it's just because you're making clothes. Yeah, that's actually how I do it mostly, is I buy, I, I search for sewing patterns that are very similar to the look that I'm going mm-hmm. for, or they have, like, the main structural uh, elements are in place, and then I just adapt them. Yeah, I, I made an Assassin's Creed cosplay, and, you know, they have those fancy hoods in that, and I have seen a lot of people, you know, everyone has to try to make this hood because there's no pattern for it. You have to figure it out on your own. And it, my first three were a mess and they kept falling and you have to figure out how to make it keep its shape. And you can't usually tell that just from looking at somebody's cosplay. Uh, you can see how they cut the fabric maybe, but not what's under it. So definitely ask people, see how they got it to keep the shape would you guys say that there's like a main, any main Facebook groups or forums or anything where people just get together to talk about cosplay? Because I feel like so much of the things we learn, we learn directly from each other or from YouTube yeah. sometimes. I've, I mean, I'm a part of a lot of cosplay groups, mostly to do with specific characters or mm-hmm. fandoms, because um, some people will say, oh, I, I identified the shoes that she's wearing on screen. And this is a really good pattern. You should buy it so that you can make this part of the costume. Um, and I'm a part of some other groups. I don't remember their names, but uh, like Disney cosplayers, and they'll have things for sale or suggestions on how to make things better. You can always ask questions. Yeah, definitely. I've joined a couple of Facebook groups, again, specifically for characters, uh, the Agent Cosplay, Agent Carter Cosplay Community. Uh, the they're bu- wonderful. Oh, they're so great. Um, but yeah, especially if you're doing something for a character, like there are other people who love that character as much as you do and will track down the specific earrings from five minutes of that one episode. Yeah, it's impressive. The devotion is just so wonderful. That's one of my favorite things about the cosplay community too, that people are, they're they're really into it and they're really detail-oriented and that kind of... Uh, fosters this very extreme resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. It Uh, does. Like, if you want to know how to build, like, almost anything, there is a cosplayer somewhere that's at least tried it or can give you an Mm -hmm. idea. And if you are desperate to find, like, a certain style of clothing or a certain piece of jewelry, there there are these amazing sleuths that that have tracked it down and taken screenshots from just the right angle that you need uh, so you can copy it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, I... Right now, you know, I'm dressed as Captain Marvel, and I have the lunchbox that had the Tesseract in it, and uh, I I bought this lunchbox in the theater as soon as the credits started rolling, because I knew that everyone else was going to go buy it, 
as soon as they got home. Um, and it took a while to find the right one, but you can. And, you know, if you can't find it, just get something similar. Make something that reads right. It never has to be screen accurate. Well, that brings me to my next question. What is one of your most challenging cosplay builds that you've ever done? Or, you know, the most tricky prop to find or create? That's tough. I have to think about that. I'll, I'll jump in because I am deep in the throes of it right now. Uh, I am making a Winter Soldier variation uh, for Awesome Con, which is in two and a half weeks. Please don't talk to me about it. Um, but I am... This is something else that cosplayers do. We never finish things early. We're always bringing our sewing machines to the hotel. It's bad, Don't but we do all it. do it. We all do. We it. all do. I tell people not to, but um, but yeah. So I I have never done foam work before. Uh, so I am deep in the throes of making a foam arm, having no idea what I'm doing. Uh, it's fun. Like, I'm really challenging myself because I don't, like, sew or do costume design professionally. This, for me, is just fun. So having the challenge is great, but also, like, I'm in a mild-grade panic at all times. I think, for me, um, also, Winter Soldier, that arm, the arm is a nightmare. And, you know, you, you can look online at, and you can look through the movie and look at screenshots and listen to what the actors say the costumes were and sometimes it's you have some costume parts and then they do the rest with special effects Mm -hmm. like the elbow on the winter soldier arm it's all special effects it's not real but then you have us trying to walk around in real life with a metal arm and we need an elbow piece. We can't have special effects. But you also need to be able to move your arm. You need arm. to be able to move. You need to have it not bake in the sun. So it can't actually be metal and it can't be super heavy. You have to be able to hold your phone. Like There's so many considerations for if you're just going to walk around. So I'd say the arm. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's where like the sort of improvisational aspect of cosplay comes in for me is... I can't figure out how to do the elbow and still be able to move my arm. So I'm covering it with like a roller derby elbow pad. And that's become part of my costume and part of the look. So that's sort of like problem solving. I don't have several hundred dollars to buy a custom made like metal arm. I want to support the artists who do that because there are people. Please look them up. They're amazing. Uh, but like I can't do that, so I and just, sometimes you just don't want also to. Also true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've kind of had to improvise my way around those kind of problems. So uh, why don't we talk a little bit about the the process of say improvising or breaking down a costume? Like when you guys see a character that you really really want to cosplay, what are some of the first steps you take to figure so out how to make it wearable? For well, let's see. Um, I'll just go with my Assassin's Creed cosplay um, because it's got a lot of different parts. And I studied Renaissance fashion. Um, The Assassin's Creed character that I made was Ezio, and he's from the Renaissance in Florence. He's a nobleman, and he has this fancy costume. And so I look at what I see from the character on the outside, and I say, okay, here's his outer layer, and then he's got to have something under that and that's the part with the tails. And then it's got 
the shirt and then it has the boots and then it has the armor and the cape and you just have to make a list of everything you need and then figure out how you're going to make it. I personally like, first of all, I accumulate screenshots yeah. of like every angle so of so many, so many screenshots. Um, for me, I, because I kind of design things on my own, I do like a full rendering of what I want it to look like in the end. Uh, so that I really know what I'm aiming for. And then I do, technically they're referred to as flats, but I just call them technical drawings of like the garment itself laid out, where all the seams are, where the where I'm going to hide the zipper, where I'm going to put in fake or um, extra pockets. Because Oh yeah, oh, pockets. pockets. Um, well, see, I get around pockets because I find something that they carry, like the lunchbox, <laughs> and I just put all my stuff in that. That's a good idea. Um, but yeah, but so I, I draw it out with all of the parts and then I can kind of tackle, I can go find a sewing pattern that's very structurally similar. And then from there, I can adapt that existing pattern. Um, for me, that saves a lot of time and stress of not having to start from total scratch. Yeah, I think the other thing that I do is I start with the hardest part. So for the Winter Soldier, I'm gonna start with the arm because I need to know how I'm connecting that to someone's body because I'm not going to cut off my husband's arm and give him a metal one that's just... I think little, you have some arguments that, 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 that might harm yeah. your relationship a little uh, maybe bit. Maybe, just <laughs> don't do just that. Just a little bit. Um, so you have, to, you have to adapt. So how are you going to attach this? And how is that going to affect the rest of the costume? Because that really, that matters. And also take into consideration, like... How long are you going to be standing up? Are you going to be walking around? Are you going to be outside? Yeah, like I never wear heels. Oh, no. I might wear them for a photo shoot, but then I take them off right away. I, I can't do that. No, I put special insoles in my shoes because I have a knee problem. So, like, I have to take those things into consideration. Um, always are know you doing your environment. It in the summer? Oh, then, oh God. You know, <laughs> plan ahead. Maybe don't wear all leather and a metal arm that doesn't breathe. I, I learned this lesson the hard way with my very first cosplay. Um, cause, um, so I did Bucky Barnes from Civil War because he's wearing normal people clothes. Oh, with the red shirt. The yeah, red yeah. Shirt. He, he's I wearing, remember that. Yeah, yeah, he's wearing like a red Henley and a baseball cap and everything. Is, he's wearing long pants and long sleeves. And you can wear gloves right? over the metal arms. So yeah. You don't even need the metal arm. Right. So that was, I was like, I felt like a genius. I'm like, I figured out how to do it without having to do anything but wear like one of the, uh, there's like a printed a cheap printed glove that you can get that's printed oh, with excellent. the robot oh, yeah. the robot fingers so I would put that on and then I would put my fingerless glove on over it and I went to AwesomeCon dressed like this and I almost got heat stroke because <laughs> it was like because <laughs> no. I'm wearing because I'm wearing like long sleeve uh, jeans and a long sleeve Henley and a hat and there's yep. he's also wearing a jacket which mm -hmm. I did not wear because I you would had die. some self respect yeah. And I saw another Bucky cosplayer that was wearing, like, all the layers. And I'm like, are you okay? No, the <laughs> like, answer is no, they're like, not okay. But yeah. I think also uh, there was one time I was at Katsukon, and they had a fire drill. Oh, or maybe it wasn't a fire that. drill. I think there, there was, was actually a fire. fire. Um, very small. Everyone was fine. Um, but it was, like, 15 degrees but out. But it was freezing. And I was not 
dressed appropriately for that. I was fine in the hotel and the convention center, but outside, mm, nope. No, I was really grateful that I was wearing pants and a long sleeve shirt because it was like 15 degrees out. Um, My first cosplay, uh, back when Awesome Con was in June, um, my dress had a front zipper, but it had a panel, a separate panel that went over it with all the detailing on it. So when I went outside, I unzipped the dress like down to my waist but I kept the panel pinned uh, so no one could see anything. No one could tell, but I was getting like mm-hmm. ventilation because it was so hot. Yeah. And you know, just remember, there are many conventions during the year. Some are during the winter, some are during the summer. And uh, yeah, maybe you really want to be some character that wears a lot of leather and a uh, helmet, but save that for the winter yeah i keep Just saying I, that i keep saying i want to be captain cold from the flash oh, nice. but that's a yeah, that's a that's, february costume that's not a summer costume no for those of you who have not watched this uh tv show called the flash captain cold wears a full parka as part of his costume yeah that's <laughs> like, not happening in june i don't know how the actor does it either because like no matter what season it is in the show captain cold is always wearing a full parka with a fur hood and long sleeves. Actors are often very physically uncomfortable on set. Yeah. Just have to wear their costumes. Acting. <laughs> but, you know, they make a lot of money, so we can't feel too bad for them. I'm assuming he takes a lot of breaks in between. Yeah, they, he, he has to, like, have, shuck like, the coat between takes, I think. mister and ice cubes <laughs> on hand. I have seen things where it's, like, you get, like, the bandana and you put ice cubes in it, like, as yeah, a cosplayer. Yeah, people do that. I do like those. I've considered doing that for my next cosplay. <laughs> Just have little ice cubes uh, built in. Yeah, and ask cosplayers about things like that, because we have a lot of tricks that um, most people don't consider unless they have already made the mistake of Mm -hmm. wearing a horrible costume in the summer and fainted. So, yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about maybe the con experience. Uh, So let's say you've, you've made your costume... Oh, with great with great effort and verve, and you've gotten yourself to a con for the first time. What is it like walking around in costume at a con? That depends what your costume is. If you are a well known character, you will get stopped for photos very frequently. Very frequently, um, and it doesn't matter if your costume is screen accurate, if it's store bought, or if it's some uh, different variation on it. You will get stopped for photos. Uh, and if you're wearing something pretty obscure, you might not, and you shouldn't feel bad about that. Oh, yeah. When I did Atlanta Comic Con last summer, I went as Cecil Palmer from Welcome to Night Vale, for whom there really is no, like, agreed-upon look, because it's a podcast. Right. Yeah, so I was running around in, you know, what I thought was cool for the character, and, like, two people recognized me, but the two people who did freaked out it was so funny i mean people are running up for hugs um that's for me one of the great things about cosplay especially i've found women who cosplay captain america you see each other across the room and you are instantly friends yeah it's wonderful cosplaying at a convention because you instantly make friends um even if it's just oh if i'm captain america and I see a Winter Soldier, obviously I'm going to take a picture with them, and then other people are going to ask us to pose in photos together, even if we don't know each other. 
and then you're stuck with that person for a while. So you start talking, and you know you have at least two things in common because you like cosplay and you like whatever fandom you're both in. I will say, make sure if you're going to get stopped for photos, because it's going to happen, uh, make sure to have a pose worked out beforehand. Yeah, have at oh least two. I made that mistake the first year. I had no idea what I'm doing. I generally don't like getting my picture taken unless I'm in costume. And so I was like so awkward. Um, the photos from that year did not turn out particularly well. So I've not made that mistake again. Yeah, I... Uh years and years ago I cosplayed uh, with a girl I was dating and I had not seen the anime and she got my costume together and I was like yeah of course I'll dress up for you whatever that's fine but then I didn't know what the character was or how she acted or how she posed and I was at such a loss and then the first photo was taken and I'm like I don't know what to do so we had to go figure out poses Yep. right after that but just prepare for that and if you don't want your picture taken that's also fine but know that people are going to ask and sometimes they don't so people are just gonna take pictures uh, most people are pretty respectful of the if you're sitting down they're not going to ask you to stand up and pose yeah rule number one if you see a cosplayer that you like if they have food in their hand don't Wait. bother them. Just, just come back leave later. them alone because they are overheated and very hungry. So just try just and let them sit and eat. Yeah, just trying to get off their feet. Um, but I've always had, I've been very fortunate, I've always had very positive uh, interactions at cons. I think, I mean, maybe one that wasn't like super enthusiastic. Like I've, I've made friends. I go up to people. I talk to them. I'm, I always lead with, you look amazing. Um, Because everyone wants to talk about their cosplay. Um, And I've just had very positive, fun reactions with people who love the same things that I do. And also, it's okay if you don't make your costume. I mean, the two of us make a lot of our costumes, but there's stuff we buy. And if you just want to buy a costume and wear it, that is also fine. Absolutely. Purchased cosplay is cosplay. Um, when When I was Cecil, I got like... I used jeans that I already own, and I got a $3 blouse from a thrift store that I just, like, sewed extra buttons on, and then I bought, like, a $5 tie, and I was absolutely cosplaying. Definitely. Yeah, I was afraid of that, too, with my first cosplay. I had, like, I was like, oh, God, I have to make the shirt by hand. No, that's not actually going to happen. Where do you draw the line, though? Like, okay, I can make a leather jacket, and that counts as making it. But do I have to, like, make the leather, too? Where is the line? <laughs> you can keep going back and back. The ultimate cosplayer raises yeah, their right? own cow, raise their own and cow. then they tan their own leather. <laughs> exactly. Oh, please no, don't start. That's going to be the next order. That is hilarious. for you. Yeah, and, do- you know, I, I bought this lunchbox. I didn't learn how to sandblast a, a new lunchbox <laughs> no. yeah, <it> all, <laughs> to make it look aged. <laughs> exactly. It all depends on how much time, um, what your skill level is, and what your budget is. Like, yeah. you don't have to... Sometimes it's more expensive to make things oh, than absolutely. it is to buy them. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, totally. So, you know, whatever works for you, as long as you're having fun, like, that's really what's important. And what works really well also is if you buy something and you alter it to work for you. Um, which mm-hmm. I think Molly will be able to help us with. Yes, yes. Um, so as part of the new 
Labs initiative as part of DC Public Library. Um, on April the 17th, we're going to be opening a, um, a new location called the Fab Test Lab at the, uh, at the Reeve Center. Um, and we will have uh, sewing machines available for two people to use uh, on reservation. And we will have a 3D printer and we will have at least one laser cutter. And wow. Yes. Yeah, that sounds be amazing. Yes. Um, so we're, we're going to have um, three safety orientations on our opening day. Yeah. Don't sew your fingers. That's bad. Yes. This is what they're for. <laughs> yeah. So that the average person does not sew their fingers Take together. Take your foot off of the pedals <laughs> while you're dealing with the needle. Yeah. I do actually teach all of that um, in, in my sewing machine 101 classes. It's I'm, very important. I mean, sewing extremely... machines are, you know, scary. So you need to know how to use them. And they're intimidating. And that's one of the reasons a lot of people don't get into cosplay is they don't have the ability to um, learn about these things. Yeah. And that's part of what the test lab is about. It's about breaking down maker techniques and making them really, really accessible. Um, I teach the sewing classes primarily, so I talk about that the most. Um, but yeah, I try and break it down so that like people understand you know, how to thread it, how to make the pedal go as fast as you want, where to put your hands, uh, which is a pretty common. All very important. Very yeah. important. Well, you know, like when I was learning how to sew, my grandmother was teaching me, you know, and not everybody had that, uh, had that family influence because my grandmother was a tailor and oh. she made all these stuffed animals and she could pretty much make anything once you showed it to her. She was very, very... Uh, very, very deeply skilled. So I had a leg up in that way. But most people don't have somebody in their family that is willing to patiently sit with them. Or maybe they yeah. just don't have a sewing machine Yeah, either. or they don't have a sewing machine. Um, expensive. Yeah, so we're, um, we're all about breaking it down for people. We have, this, we have the general safety orientation because as a makerspace, there's lots and lots of things in the space that if used improperly can hurt you. We have like you know, tools and lasers and things. That's the thing about cosplay as well. Um, it's dangerous. We hurt ourselves all the time. Oh, no. <laughs> you burn yourself and you stab yourself with needles. You have to be very careful. Read the safety instructions. Yeah, on don't skip literally that. Everything, um, like ventilation. I use paint and oh, I use yeah. glue. Make sure you're doing that outdoors. Just buy, like, I keep a stash of, like, those paper masks to wear when mm. I'm like sanding things like make sure you know what you're getting into so you're doing it safely um that is so important because I mean glue fumes are not your friend no they're not it's very important uh, safety PSA from Anna always use <laughs> always use proper <laughs> ventilation while cosplay oh my goodness proper ventilation put down newspaper before you paint anything yes. oh gosh yes yes I've had don't, to eat. don't yeah. take the shortcuts just don't it's mm -hmm. not gonna work out you're gonna have to clean stuff up later yeah absolutely safety knowing what you're getting into knowing how to use the tools how to use the glues and the paints and everything just so crucial um make sure you know how it works because like i use a particular glue that takes three days to cure and i did not know that two years ago mm. i know that now yeah what are you gluing that takes three days to cure 
So E6000 glue. Oh, uh, that stuff. Pretty much holds the world together. Uh, and I use that. I tried to make a new shield and uh, I did it two days before the con. Oh, no. I know. So See, we all procrastinate. We all do it. We all and make mistakes. And then our glue doesn't dry on time. Yeah. So I now I have a calendar alert in my phone for this is the last day where you can glue things before Awesome Con. <laughs> like, I'm not messing around anymore. That's a really awesome tip, actually. I'm, I'm doing... Uh, I'm doing a refurbishment of old toys, um, like where you take the paint off and then you repaint them in a different mm-hmm. pattern. And I've had to learn all this fun stuff about glue and epoxy and, and proper ventilation. Yeah, see, that's yeah. the thing that I'd like to start doing more is making props. Mm-hmm. Because I'm very good at the sewing and the fabric and the leather, but I'm not so good at making props yet. Well, at the labs, we, we aren't really set up to do... a 3D printer, though. We do have a 3D printer. We're cool. not yet set up with, like, the level of ventilation you'd need to pet to paint stuff. Uh, but we can help you with, like, the basics. And we do have lots and lots of resources um, so you can learn more about how to finish things. Can you tell us about the 3D printer? Um, actually, not quite yet, because we how don't have everything set up. Um, they're going to be, it's going to be fairly small. So we can make like little detailed things. Yeah. Go, go for, I would go for making little detailed things rather than. Or parts of things that we can attach. Yeah. So Um, like maybe the star for Captain America uniform. Um, possibly. I think, um, yeah, from, um, uh, everybody can't see because we're, we're on the radio, but, uh, Maul is showing me. Uh, a few a few inches <laughs> for <laughs> for the size of Captain America's star. Um, we might be able to do something like that, um, but yeah, tiny smaller stuff, uh, small custom stuff like you know like the logo on your bat suit would be more than you know. Don't come in and be like, ah, oh, yes, I'm going to 3D print Thor's hammer. That would be a really bit big. neat. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, I've been uh, trying to get these gauntlets for the Assassin's Creed cosplay, and you can have the base leather gauntlet, but then have the insignia yeah. 3D printed. Little and attach baby that. insignias are very good for 3D printing. This uh, is mystifying to me. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, you've never heard of 3D uh, printing I mean, before? I've heard of it, but like as a concept, uh, I am a sewing person. Mm-hmm. I put fabric together and I make it stay that way. So any sort of printing, building things is way beyond me. Well, when it opens, we'll have to go. We can teach you. Yes. <laughs> Thank goodness. And all the, cl- all the classes are free. Uh, you do have Yay. to sign up for them because, um, you know, we can only have so many people in the lab at, a, at one time. Um, but they're free because they're paid for by DC Public Library. So uh, there'll be places online where you can sign up and we'll give you like the general safety orientation and then the orientation that showed you how to work the machine that you want to use. And then you can make a reservation for So you're not going to just leave us with the machine. No. You're going to teach us how to use we it. We will. Too. We will teach you the fundamentals about how to, you know, make something in Tinkercad and then put it on the machine and then take several hours for it to print and then you'll have a little insignia wow. of your very own. It's going to be great. <laughs> so excited. Yes. That and, does sound amazing. And we use um, the uh, stuff that we use to 3D print is actually called filament. So it's this uh, thin extrusion of plastic. It looks a lot like the stuff that you would put on a weed whacker, that long reel <laughs> of plastic. It's not the same plastic. 
Uh Um, But like to give you an idea of what it looks like. So it's on a big reel and you put it on the machine and then the machine melts it. And uh, when you give it the file to print, it has a blueprint of where to squirt the plastic out. That's cool. Essentially. And we use uh, biodegradable sugar-based plastic. So you can't get it wet, but you can sand it, you can paint it. Um, you just can't, like, soak it or anything like that without specially covering it. Okay. So, technically, you can eat it because it's non-toxic, but we don't hmm. recommend it. It's really gross. I wouldn't recommend <laughs> it. I feel like you should just make a cookie. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that would be cruel. You make a 3D printed cookie and then very carefully <laughs> paint it. That would be terrible. <laughs> so. Oh. All right, so we're getting towards the end here. Um, so we're going to do some fun questions now. Ooh. What is something you wish more people knew about cosplay? I would just say it's. it can seem, you know, when you see photos from, like, San Diego Comic Con and people are wearing things that took years and thousands of dollars, like, you don't have to do that. You can, you know... Pull some pieces out of your closet and like I did for Cecil, throw some fake tattoos all up and down your arms and you can go and be your character and have fun. Uh, you don't have to worry about impressing anybody. Yeah, what should people know? I think that what you see has had many, many improvements made to it. Um, and all of us started with some pretty not great looking cosplays. It, I always <laughs> say about mine is it looks great on the outside, but you do not want to see the scene yeah, work on the inside. Right. Oh, yeah, you don't want to see the scene nope. well, on my Podameron vest. You know, like, <laughs> I have a Spock costume from way back when, and I see pictures of myself because my mom will post them. She'll be like, look at my baby in her Spock costume. And Aww. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. What is that? <laughs> oh, dear. And, you know, I just kind of stuck the Vulcan ears on and didn't glue them down, didn't put any makeup on them. It was, um, but you had fun. I did have fun. The fun is the best but part. But we all come from that. You're always going to start off looking not great, and that's okay. What's the best compliment you have ever received on your cosplay? Oh, okay. So I have a Thor cosplay, and it's not screen accurate. It's not anything. I just put it together, and I thought it looked cool. And I got a picture taken with Chris Hemsworth and he put his arm around me and he gave me like a side hug and he says, you look really good. And that deep voice of his. Oh, from, yeah. You got a compliment directly from and Thor himself. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, awesome con a few years ago. I, um, I, my girlfriend and I at the time went as two characters from Lumberjanes. Uh, they, they are canonically a couple. And just coincidentally, we happen to look like them. Um, so all I bought was like a denim vest. I was, um, I was Mal and she was Molly and I literally just bought a denim vest and wore clothes that I already had. And we got her a green shirt and we safety pinned a fake raccoon to her, to her shoulder. (laughs) And this like eight year old kid like saw us and pointed at us across the room and was like, mom it's the lumberjanes and it was just oh it was just such a great moment 
considering it was like a $5 cosplay. Mm-hmm. Um, getting those reactions from people, I think, is the most fun. I think interacting with children is actually my favorite thing about going it's to a con. wonderful. Because they're like so thrilled to see you. And especially when I was dressed as Bucky Barnes, like tiny children that look like they were five would be like, Bucky! And I'm like, you are so adorable. Do you want to hold my shield? <laughs> like, yeah, the kids this, always want to hold like, the shield. Yeah. Four-year-old, three or four years old, very tiny little girl, and she had a Captain America tutu on, and she oh. saw me dressed as Cap, and she stole my shield. Like, she, she had her own tiny little plastic shield, and I had my shield, which was metal. And oh yeah, you have the real metal well, one. This was not that one. This oh, one was okay. lighter. Um, I don't think she could hold that one. But she just grabbed mine, and she gave me her little one. Like, she Aww. thought that was a fair trade. It was really cute. It was a great day. I did have a kid run up to me. I was in my cap costume, and he was uh, Sam Wilson cap. He was Falcon cap. And so we got a picture together with his mom, and he's just so thrilled. And, and moments like that are so great. My cousin, I, I was Captain America for his, I don't know, fifth or sixth birthday party, and he was obsessed with Cap, totally obsessed, and he would never talk much to people, very shy, and then he saw me, and he was like, oh, Captain America, and then he had to tell me everything that happened in his life, and it was so cute, and Aww. what came out first was, you know, in the movies, Captain America's a boy, and I was like, yeah, that's true, he's like, and then he would just go on about something else. Uh, they don't. They don't care. They really don't. <laughs> and that's so the other great. thing. If you want to cosplay as someone of a different gender, just do it. Just do, do it. whatever you want. You can turn them to match your gender, or you can not. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's why I do feminine variations on Cap and on the Winter Soldiers. I don't feel like I need to try and look exactly like them i don't think i could pull it off personally but that's just my preference like i can do femme cap and people will recognize me and i'll be comfortable and have fun i tend to cross play instead um and that's one of the reasons i chose my name uh mall cup purse the roaring girl because she's a um historical uh person who used to dress as a man and was very cool so that's a lot of my cosplays are not at all like what i look like well i think we're gonna end on that little bit of advice which is do whatever you want don't let gender stop you except you know make sure that you have time to let your glue dry yes always (laughs) let your glue dry plan ahead and put insoles in your shoes so we can uh, thank you guys for being our guests this was thank you thank you awesome episode um, for our listeners out there, you can follow Anna on uh, Instagram as by Furious Cosplay, all one word. Yes, it is and, a Scott Pilgrim joke. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Mall Cut Purse is on Tumblr at The Roaring Girl Cosplay. The is part of the, the address. Yep. So this was an episode of DC Public Library on Full Service Radio, broadcasted live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., You can visit the library at dclibrary.org and listen and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Goodbye, and thank you for listening.